welcome to the first CAAB podcast of the new year. Joining me today is Richard Sanders, Technical and Policy Advisor to the CAAB. Following the DEFRA Secretary's headline speech at the Oxford Farming Conference in early January, after which an update to the Agricultural Transition Plan was published, we thought it timely to run over the latest information on these schemes. So Richard, perhaps you can start by pulling out a few of the more practical points that we will see in 2024. The Oxford Farming Conferences, coming as they do at the start of the year, are often a staging point for government announcements and updates. And this year was no different, with the Secretary of State giving a speech and then the publication of an update to the Agricultural Transition Plan, that sort of overview of where we're going with post-Brexit agricultural policy. Along with the high-level views that usually come with these sorts of larger policy statements, in all the publications from January, we've actually had quite a bit of development on the Sustainable Farming Incentive, Countryside Stewardship Scheme, and other grants as well, like the Animal Health and Welfare Review and the Farming Equipment and Technology Fund. So a lot that will feed into work for this year. Most of the practical detail is in a good range of documents, which was published at the start of the year. Some of the information is also contained in updated versions of documents that were previously published, so last year or before. It can be a little tricky to follow everything through. We'll post the various links in the notes to this podcast. So just to be clear, this is an update to the ongoing policy development for England. Yeah, that's right. This all is building out the shape of post-Brexit farming policy in England. And now more can be and is being done in 2024 with this greater portion of money coming away from the basic payment scheme. You know, the other devolved nations are developing their policy separately. But the main January announcements in Oxford were relating to English policy. And that's the background to these recent announcements as well. As we're all now very aware, BPS is being phased out and some businesses are seeing up to 50% of their payments removed in 2023. 2023 was also the last year for claims to the BPS scheme, and we now move into this delinked payment scheme to deal with the final runoff. There's another podcast on our website looking at those, so have a look on the CAV website or whether you got a hold of this podcast to listen to that one. With the money coming away from BPS, it can now be moved into the new schemes. So the scale that some had thought was a bit missing in the last few years, that's really starting to build. And in addition, farm businesses may now feel the need to take a bit of a closer look at what's on offer through the schemes and what can replace the funding that they may have received previously through BPS. And the new government grants and schemes are one option here among many, and they should be seen as an option among many. Businesses need also to be looking at costs, looking at adding value and increasing margins, and then adding on to that, looking at what funding may be available to tie in with their plans and the direction of their business. Okay, so let's start with the big picture of government policy. There seems to have been a bit of a change in focus. So yeah, I'd argue that there's been no significant change in policy, but I think that there's perhaps a shift in emphasis in the latest announcements and updates. And DEFRA, when they talk about this in their webinars and their events, they talk about the architecture being in place, the sort of framework for everything, and then changes being able to be made within that sort of tweaks and and slightly smaller changes. While the new Secretary of State also seems to have brought in a bit of a new energy, it's hard to know how much of January's announcements have been in the pipeline for a little bit longer and part of this ongoing development and rollout of the new schemes. 
for me, of particular note is this theme of productivity, which has been brought to the forefront in, in recent announcements. And it's not just statements and ambition, which we've had in the past, sort of high level stuff, but there are now actions and funding to support this. At the highest level, the case for improved productivity is set out in the Agricultural Transition Plan update. So first, productivity supports food production, which is said to be the primary purpose of farming. Second, there's no clash necessarily between better environmental management and improved productivity, improving things like soil and water quality, better managing resources to reduce emissions, and enhancing biodiversity. All of this supports business resilience and can enable farmers to generate additional income as well. And third, improving productivity on some areas of the farm, those probably better suited to production, potentially enables less productive areas to be put into more environmental uses. So bringing costs down on less productive land and then freeing stuff up for environmental work as well. We're quite used to these sorts of statements, but in the latest round of stuff from government, there are also some practical announcements to come with this as well and to bring that practical and financial support for those looking at making these changes. Most obviously, I think there are four new actions under SFI for 2024 to support precision farming. So those are probably the most on the nose of these new announcements for that productivity focus. These will complement some of the capital payments under the Farming Equipment and Technology Fund. And there's going to be more rounds of that scheme as well. But they're also there to support those who use contractors to do these sort of precision farming actions as well. So they're an area payment to support the capital payment or the contracting work that's going on. Under the SFI, there's going to be per hectare revenue payments for actions such as robotic weeding, remote sensing and the variable rate application of nutrients. So in essence, the practical matters of modern good farming. And these join existing actions for nutrient management and soil improvement, both of those environmental and business benefits as well. OK, so let's take a look at those main announcements for SFI and the Countryside Stewardship Scheme then. Before we get into the detail on the sort of actions and, and payment rates and those sorts of things under SFI and Countryside Stewardship, I thought that a couple of pedantic points on wording, which may seem trivial, and actually help us think through and understand the new schemes as they become established. It's going to be slightly do what I say, not what I do, as inevitably I'm going to slip up and, and not stick to these too well. The first is that we should be careful not to label the, the SFI, the Sustainable Farming Incentive, as SFI 2023, SFI 2024, and then potentially in the future SFI 2025, and so on. Instead, we should be looking at this as an evolution of one on-running scheme. So using the dates does help to distinguish a bit what was available previously, what's going to be coming through in this year, what might be coming through next year. But it's not really the case that there's some separation from the current scheme and what's to come in 2024. Instead, actions are being added and the offer is being expanded and fleshed out. I think it's also useful for 2024 to start looking at CS and SFI together as part of one offer. So there's the intention for when things get going later in this year, 2024, that there will be what's called a single application service. So applicants will go in through the same portal to apply and they'll find the CS and SFI actions available in one place and they can then choose what works for their holding. And then there's going to be a single agreement per application across these three or five year commitment actions. And that agreement can then be updated and added to as we progress. 
We can pick up on this flexibility later on in the podcast. So your agreement have, might have five-year and three-year actions, five-year and three-year commitments. When you get to the end of the three-year commitments, you might want to add a couple more of those in. They'll have a couple of years left on the five-year ones, and then you sort of have a bit of a rolling agreement in this way if you want to, or you can stack up other agreements. And we'll, we'll have a look a little at that in a little bit. Contract stewardship higher tier will also continue to be available, but that's going to have its separate process, as it's always had, as this is for more complex bespoke agreements. And when you look over the policy documents that have been published, you can really start to see this blending of SFI and countryside stewardship. So new actions in the publications set out for 2024 are not always labelled as countryside stewardship or sustainable farming incentives, but instead they have a duration against them. Uh, what's more, some actions that were under countryside stewardship are now going to be offered with a three-year commitment in some circumstances, perhaps allowing tenants to access these a little more readily. So we have actions with three-year commitments, actions with five-year commitments, and then actions with a 10-year commitment. We can still call these SFI actions, countryside stewardship actions, and the government announcements and publications still refer to the Sustainable Farming Incentive and Countryside Stewardship Scheme. But in practice, I think that the duration and then what's required under those actions is going to be the key rather than any particular label. And most holdings, probably most people going into these applications are likely to have a bit of a mix of actions with a mix of durations. And these may have been chosen all during one application process. The practical work in this is going to be managing the new flexibility. So a lot of flexibility built into that. And flexibility can easily become complexity when there's too much of it. I think the final thing to say here is that policy development is now much more fluid than it has been in the past. We got slightly used to this last year. You know, things have changed, things are a bit more responsive, but we need to keep this in mind going forwards. Timelines might slip, you know, plans set out in January might change towards the end of the year when they figure out that things aren't working quite right. So keep up to date, keep reading the blog, keep getting the updates from DEFRA and keep looking at the CAB website. Now, there was previously a block on non-BPS claimants going into the SFI. Has there been any movement on this now? This has been quite an issue for some, as many new entrants coming into farming without the support of BPS and without then the cushion of those dealings payments that are dealing with the runoff of BPS have also been unable to go into the SFI scheme. Countryside stewardship's always been open to them, but SFI has been closed to, to BPS eligible applicants only. So they've been missing out not just on the financial support, but may also have put environmental plans on hold until they can access the funding to support what they want to do. At the start of this year, in the January announcements, we've been told that the scheme will be expanded so that non-BPS claimants can now go in for the SFI in 2024. This isn't going to happen straight away, but will be possible after the new actions are available and the, the new system gets going in the late summer. The RPA say that this is for system management purposes. They want to make sure that they can smoothly register these new customers, get all their details loaded into the rural payment service, so they're not failing to deliver what they're promising on. Now, one of the main announcements was a range of new actions. Can you run through some of these, please? So when we were talking about productivity, I've already mentioned the new actions for precision farming. And in all, across the Sustainable Farming Incentive and Countryside Stewardship, there are close to 50 new actions set out in the Agricultural Transition Plan update, with the majority to be introduced in, in 2024. 
So we have payments for agroforestry, for water bodies and for lowland peat. A significant number of the new actions are for the management of habitats, where previously there might only have been payments for creation. Then after that payment for creation, limited support for the ongoing maintenance of the habitat. So we have three year actions proposed for maintaining banks and dry stone walls. There are floodplain and pond and ditch management payments available. And there's also a number of new supplements to the countryside stewardship woodland management option that's been under countryside stewardship where woodland creation has been under a separate grant. And those management payments now will pay for things like rides, fire breaks and managing woodlands for flooding and drought. Tree planting grants are to come under CS in the future, but in the meantime, this increases the range of management payments available to people who are either getting grant funding under a different scheme or have existing woodland that they want to manage. Interestingly, there's also to be six new payments for improving countryside access. So we have open access payments, footpath and bridleway maintenance, sort of opening up payments as well, and payments to make things easier for people with reduced ability. And this is something that many have been asking for in the past, particularly those with significant access pressure on their land. So we'll see how these payments bring a little bit of support for those people. So as you know, that's a real just running over a couple of very short summary, 50 actions proposed for 2024, as I've said. And so the choice is expanding significantly. And we'll put a link to the full list in the notes to the podcast. As mentioned, DEFRA says it plans to introduce as many of the new actions as possible in 2024. And we'll get more guidance on what's going to be available closer to the start of the applications going live. But there may be some that don't come through this year and, and may need to come through in further updates, either later in the year or or on into 2025. Now, I understand that payment rates have changed as well. As last year, was this increase in payment rates across both the Sustainable Farming Incentive Scheme and the Countryside Stewardship Scheme, and that's for both new and existing agreements as well. The legacy higher-level stewardship agreements, they work slightly differently, and so there are no increases for those agreements. On average, payment rates for SFI actions and revenue options under countryside stewardship have increased by 10%, with that uplift to be applied automatically if you're in an existing agreement. So a couple of examples, just picking out a few under the Sustainable Farming Incentive Scheme. Flower-rich margins have gone from £673 per hectare to £798 per hectare. The Integrated Pest Management Assessment has gone from £989 across the whole holding, that's one of those whole holding actions, to £1,129. And the winter bird food on grassland action has gone from £474 to £515 per hectare. Further, in addition to some changes from last year, the RPA have identified five more pairs of countryside stewardship actions where there was a difference in payment between upland and lowland areas. And some people may have picked up a bit of commentary on the sort of the differentiation in payment here. So that's things such as the creation of wood pasture or seasonal livestock removal. So these payments, these five pairs, those have also been standardised, as with the actions that were, were looked at last year, and so that at the higher rate across the country. So a bit of an uplift for those in upland areas on those ones. I talked about the new actions for maintenance of existing habitat, as opposed to the previous focus on creation of new. So we had new actions for this. But that focus on management is also reflected in changing payment rates as well. 
For example, from January 2024, the rate for maintaining species-rich grassland in countryside stewardship is going to move from £182 per hectare to £646 per hectare. So quite a sharp increase for that one. The SFI management payment is also going to continue as well. There was a bit of gossip that this might be withdrawn, but that's going to be reviewed from 2025 onwards. So for those not familiar, this is the payment of £20 per hectare up to the first 50 hectares for those going into the scheme, acknowledging things like admin and, and management costs and setup costs. OK, thank you. I believe there are also some premium payments. Which actions have these topped up? So, yeah, this is a new feature for 2024, like you say, these premium payments, with certain high priority actions having a boost in their payment rate. So the driver for this is that we need to use the SFI and CS schemes to deliver our national environmental targets. You know, agricultural land covers 70% of the country, and so these schemes are one of the key tools for getting us towards those targets which have been set. Therefore, in line with this, the payment levels of certain actions have increased, you know, those which most contribute to getting towards the targets, and there are also top-ups for those who take more ambitious action. So there are premium payments for lowland peat, for agroforestry and for water management, and for lapwing plots as well. So all of these are supporting related targets for peatland restoration, woodland cover, species recovery, and so on. You can see the connection here between the action and the targets. In addition, those on moorland who go further with a reduction in stocking numbers or a restriction in grazing will also receive a higher rate payment. These premium payments will be kept under review and may be changed depending on shifting targets and also in progress towards certain outcomes. You know, if we're making really good progress or we've achieved a target, then there's less need for a premium payment in that area. Now, the moorland and upland offer also seems to have been improved a bit. What can you say about that? So some will be aware that up until this point, options for moorland have been slightly limited. There's been a fair bit of commentary on this, with upland areas often more dependent on agri-environment schemes from an economic point of view, but also places of opportunity to undertake environmental work with a good impact, and so looking for more options and payments to be available. Under the 2023 SFI offer, now under what's currently available before the new actions come online, there was only more one or MOR1, depending on what you want to call it, as an action directly related to moorland. So this was the payment for assessing the condition of the moorland and the character of the moorland and then producing a written report. Many on moorland would also have had country stewardship or high level stewardship schemes as well. They'd been finding their options quite limited under the new schemes. As part of the offer for 2024, there are going to be 10 actions available for moorland and upland peat across both the countryside stewardship and, and SFI schemes, although, I've, as I've said, we've now got a bit of a blended scheme here. There are now four actions with three-year commitments, so the so-called sustainable farming incentive actions. The original moorland assessment action will continue to be available, and to this are then added a lowland graze. The original moorland assessment action will continue to be available and to this are then added a low grazing on moorland action with a payment rate of between 20 and 66 pounds per hectare, depending on the stocking density. So here we've got that premium top-up payment coming in. And there's going to be three levels of stocking density available under this action. You know, more reduced density, the higher the payment here. An action for enhanced management of livestock grazing on moorland will be available. 
looking for livestock to be managed to avoid impacting habitats which are sensitive to damage. And there's a payment of between £33 and £50 per hectare for that one, depending on the stocking dates. So again, premium payments for different levels of ambition. And a supplemental payment as well to go along with the low density grazing action for keeping cattle and ponies on moorland. Depending on the stocking, there's going to be between seven and £23 per hectare available under this action. There are then five further moorland actions with five to ten year durations, including moorland management, rewetting peat, and two new actions for the management of water on non-peat moorland soils. There are also to be payments for fire management practices such as fire breaks. You know, DEFRA acknowledging here that if they change stocking densities, grazing pressure, then um, fuel load, burn load builds up and more fire management is required. So there's quite a bit more now coming through for moorland. But many moorland areas will be in existing countryside stewardship or in legacy HLS schemes. And so there's a lingering question about the compatibility of these new actions with the schemes that are already in place. Perhaps with the greater range of actions for 2024, you know, a bit more to choose from coming on, and also with the announced increase in payment rates, for many on the more, you know, with agreements already on moorland, it may start being worthwhile looking at making a transition into the new schemes from what was there already, or adding a scheme with different actions on the moor. So there was a process of transfers last year for those looking to move from HLS to a new countryside stewardship scheme, and this will also be available in 2024. There's quite a lot going on there then. Um, now, the old schemes were notoriously inflexible. Has there been any improvement in this area? The SFI has really been designed with greater flexibility than previous schemes in mind, you know, responding to this real criticism of those old prescriptive five-year block schemes. Firstly, we have these slightly loosened requirements for tenants going into the scheme. So they need to expect to have management control for the full three-year commitment for the three-year actions. And where they have this expectation, they can still go into the scheme, even if the term remaining on the tenancy is shorter than this. So maybe they expect that it's going to roll over based on previous practice, or maybe they're at an advanced stage of discussion with the landlord about staying on and, and taking a slightly extended term. Some of this has also been brought in now to the country's stewardship scheme with some of the actions, you know, five year actions actually able to be done across a shorter period. And the detail of those is set out in the technical annex, which we'll link in the podcast notes. Another key element of the flexible approach is that agreements across a holding can be stacked together. So long as the actions being applied for each time are compatible with what's already in place and provided that the same thing is not going to be paid for twice, so the infamous double funding, then a land manager can have as many agreements across the holding in a year as they can fit together. But clearly, there are practical reasons why many will prefer a more rational approach you know, instead of having loads of schemes built up. But what this does enable is a mid-year agreement to be added to a holding, covering different actions than, than what are in existing agreements. SFI agreements can also be upgraded on the annual agreement date. So each year, more land can be added to the agreement, or more actions can be added, or both can be done to really expand out the agreement. So these then are the two ways that existing SFI agreement holders can add the latest actions to their farm. They could take an additional agreement as soon as the actions they're interested in come available. You know, they see stuff they like, they can put an application in straight away. 
or they could wait for the annual rollover point and then upgrade then, add a bit more land, add some more actions that are compatible, and so on. As I said earlier, the caveat here is that with greater flexibility comes greater management requirements. The online application system, some people will have seen this already, but for some it'll be new, that automatically blocks out actions that aren't compatible from the same land area. So if you've got a countryside stewardship scheme that requires you to do a certain thing, and you can't do SFI actions on that same area of land, the system simply won't let you apply to those SFI actions. And it also won't let you go in for a payment that will result in double funding. So there's a bit of sort of um, gatekeeping at the start here to stop you racking up incompatible or, or double funding actions. However, all of this is still going to need quite a bit of management. It's all very well stacking up several schemes across the farm if we then forget what obligations we have to meet and where. The flexibility that was designed into the SFI scheme has now also been expanded across to other payments more widely. So countryside stewardship will have a rolling application window for 2024. As I've said, we have this sort of combined offer. So talking about countryside stewardship on its own is, you know, it's all blended in with the SFI now, but this rolling application window comes through for those five-year actions as well. No more hard and fast August deadline and rush. People can apply for the scheme when it suits. And with the SFI and countryside stewardship schemes being blended together, there's also going to be this annual upgrade um, facility available for countryside stewardship actions as well when the system gets going later in 2024 in the summer 2024. Turnaround times are also going to be quicker due in part to the new online application system that was available last year and then also a system of prioritization and streamlining in the back office at the RPA as well. And there are also going to be multiple application windows under the farming equipment and technology fund so that more flexibility being built across the schemes as well. Now the mention of the farming equipment and technology fund does bring up other schemes beyond SFI and countryside stewardship. Can you run through what was announced for these? So in 2024 we're going to have a further round of the farming equipment and technology fund so that's the scheme for smaller capital grants for equipment. These rounds will be for items to improve productivity, slurry management and animal health and welfare. There are also going to be further rounds of the Farming Transformation Fund. So that's the scheme for larger sums of money. So one round for farm productivity, including support for barn roof solar. That started to be a feature of the grant schemes now. And adding value round, health and welfare for hen housing, adult cattle housing, as well as more calf housing. We had a calf housing grant toward the end of last year, but now looking at adult cattle housing as well. And also water and slurry management um, grants available as well. Under the Farming Innovation Programme, there's also going to be some research funding available. Um, and these are larger scale collaborative programmes, but interesting to take a look at those if you have a bit of a research project or, or testing something out. And finally, there will continue to be free business advice available under the Future Farming Resilient Fund through to March 2025. So some people will have clients who've accessed free advice through this, some members of the CAV may have been providing this advice funded by central government free for farmers and land managers to access. Gosh, so there really is a lot coming through. Yeah, we're really starting to see the full picture of the new schemes. You know, I mentioned how much money is coming away from BPS and being reinvested here. So we're really starting to see, you know, the flesh is being put on the bones of the sustainable farming incentive 
and then the countryside stewardship scheme and, and those coming through from 2024. DEFRA are running a series of webinars on the 2024 offer. Those get published on, on YouTube as well. So keep an eye on their farming blog where they publish details and, and dates about those that are going on. And like I say, on their YouTube page for any recordings. We post, you know, we time post members um, through our website to those as well. They've also started to make the guidance documents more accessible and more comprehensive. So those are a good first port of call for people looking for the technical detail of the schemes. And of course, the CAV will continue to keep members up to date. Keep an eye on our website. Have a look at the e-briefing that comes through to your inbox every Thursday. Um, and that has regular web notes and, and updates linked in there as well. Details about that scheme webinar will be going up on the website soon. So keep an eye on the events page. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Richard. There's clearly a lot to unpick there, and it sounds like there are some really positive changes compared to previous years. As you say, members can get all of the information on the CAAV website, and no doubt we will have future podcasts on this subject too. Thank you once again for your time. And there we are. We've reached the end of yet another episode of the CAAV podcast. If you want to keep up to date with all future episodes, or indeed catch up on previous ones, please head to our website, or you can subscribe for free on whatever platform you use. Also, if you have any feedback or ideas for future episodes, please get in touch by emailing us on enquire at caav.org.uk. That's it for today, so until the next time, thank you very much for listening. Bye for now.